This is an epic episode. Mm. So thank you for your questions. Um, we've said from the very beginning that we would answer any and all questions that... <laughs> no, did we say we would answer them? I'm just backtracking because the last... Maybe not all of them. Because <laughs> there are, there are uh, a couple of occasions where maybe we haven't answered the Possible. question. Um, but yeah. Jim did ask about tips for beginner gardeners. You know, where, where do you start? What do you, what do you start with? but also asked about gadgets. And we thought that was a really cool uh, thing to explore. We've got a whole episode on gadgets. It's a gadget special. Inspector Gadget special. It's like the gadget show. I feel like we ought to be sort of Ooh. like middle-aged men in tight jeans it's or something. It's a gardening slant though. So it's like a gadget show. Okay. Come on then, tell me your, we'll move swiftly on from that. <laughs> But I've got a couple, so these are a couple of favourites, really, not so much a gadget. This is, it's a Ooh. bit dirty because I'm using it actively, in earnest. This is the best saw I have, uh, I did tell you I was using it in earnest. And actually, I'm a bit embarrassed by that because I'm normally really, really clean and tidy with my gadgets. It is pretty grubby. Um, <clears throat> it's tiny and I like this leather holder pochette. for it as well. It's Nwaki. Yeah. Mm, so love a Nwaki This product. is the best saw I have ever, ever, ever had. Wow. Um, it is the GR210 from Nwaki. <laughs> oh it well, cuts. great. <laughs> you thought, oh, that looks like a GA210. It's, like a it's massive not massive flick knife. Yeah, but it's so Japanese um, knives or Japanese saws particularly cut on the. Pull, not right. the push. Who knew? Which is a much better. You get much more power from on the pull right. than the push. Right. Um, it's but pretty beefy. I mean, that blade's it is what ten inches long. Extremely sharp, but it cuts anything like butter. I mean, you just, just it is absolutely brilliant. It makes light work of you know pruning. And of, as you can see, I'm actively cutting back a lot of the trees. Be really, really careful with it. Um, uh, so it's it is. Absolutely brilliant. And the blades are replaceable. They're like, I don't know what they are, 18 quid a time or something like that. So it's not overly That's expensive. That's brilliant. Other way around. Because it's serrated, so you could sharp. Oh, other end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to put it back in <laughs> its holster. So it's... so that, like if you're looking for a really good saw, um, that is something about having a handle, like a bit of it that's yours all the time. I quite <laughs> like that. You know, you're just replacing the blade. It's like, oh, you know, I've had that saw 20 years. I've only replaced the... The handle twice and the blade three times. It's also beautiful. Uh, yes, it's not the same thing. Yeah. Uh, it's also very beautiful. I do love Noah. Yeah, I suppose that. so. Mm, that's a great one. And then You've my other an one. Another. Yes. Oh, it's this is also, also Noaki, funnily enough, but that a hori. Do you use horries? I do not use a hori. You're kidding. It's a knife. No, this is another Japanese, ancient Japanese tool. A hori hori is. Technically, what it's called. Bless H O R I H. Hurry, hurry! I'm coming! I'm coming! <laughs> uh, this is great. It's beveled in three different uh, planes, right? Which means you can use it for getting in between cracks for weeding, as a trowel for digging, for sort of digging for plants in, for leveraging stuff. I use that pretty much. So I've been going through this big cleanse, right, and getting rid of stuff that we don't use anymore, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I've actually got rid of all of my trowels, bar one, because I always get that. I hardly ever pick up anything else. It's slightly concaved yep. on the back. And Weeding, then it's... hoeing, digging, 
I, just literally everything I use that scraping, dividing. It also looks slightly medieval as well, mm. doesn't it? Well, I pretend that I'm Robin Hood, not Robin Hood, Peter Pan when I'm in the garden. So I very often garden in green tights, obs, and uh, yeah, I prance around going, ha ha, like that into the... It is like a panto blade, <laughs> is that, isn't right? it? <laughs> Be gone, evil yes. witch. <laughs> uh, but again, very beautiful. Like a little sword. That is inspired. <laughs> a diddle dawd. <laughs> I feel like I should hand it to you, handle right? first. I know, or like this. Yeah. <laughs> Shall I knight you? <laughs> There we go. It's awesome. So it's that's called beautiful. a hori hori. You don't have to get it from uh, Niwaki. I can see there are other places that do them as well. I just happened to get what that. What a useful gadget. Yeah, love that very much. Love What's one it. of yours? Um, uh, let me show you my Give Jim a gadget. favorite garden gadget. <laughs> the humble teaspoon. It have is you, a teaspoon. If you ever go around for dinner to the Cathy's and there's only more than four of you and one of you's not got a full set. <laughs> Look in the you, shed. You know why. Um, <laughs> this is the single most useful thing for dealing with seedlings. So you know how very often you will sow your seedlings in a seed tray, like yes. an A4 rectangular tray, a mm -hmm. couple of inches deep, mm -hmm. and then you get this beautiful miniature field of little seedlings, yeah. and you need to prick them out. Yes. And... A trowel isn't going to work because no, it's huge and they're big. tiny little seedlings. Yeah, even a hurry is too big. Exactly. And when I say prick them out, I mean like you take one of them or two of them and you pot them onto something bigger or you put them straight in the ground to grow on. Um, a teaspoon is completely the perfect size for it. Ah. Um, and then we, you can drop it and in it's kind of... delicate. It's delicate and you can kind of nestle the, the soil around it. Gosh, and when it's Who for close that? work, it was just necessity. Wow. Taught me that. I just needed something. And dibbers don't work. You know, they're too bulky. And so this is the perfect creature for it. Wow. So that's one of mine. My other um, favourite garden gadget is this, which is a... Gosh, I haven't seen one of those for years. It's a... Um, Wow. Take, well, it's a ruler, but it's a, it's in four parts and they kind of collapse together oh. with a hinge in the middle oh, of them. Oh, I love engineering and like that. I, uh, isn't it glorious? It's in inches, <gasps> but that's fine. Because they didn't have centimetres when that was made. They definitely didn't. I got it from a junk shop. Did you? And I just think it's so beautiful and it collapses down to maybe... Five, well, precisely six inches, so that you can keep it in a pocket, but it extends to 12, 24, 24 inches. So I know. And 18. So it's great for measuring. I like things to be fairly straight in the garden. So it's nice for measuring distances between stuff or making sure your rows are straight. Oh. And it's just lovely. Can I have a look at it? This, so, this yeah. is utterly glorious, isn't it? It's a oh, pretty what a thing. thing of beauty. Because I think things should still be pretty in the garden as oh. well as useful. And I love it. My third garden gadget is this. Well, that looks very dangerous. Mm, does, you don't want to it? fall on that, do you? You don't want to fall on it. We, could, so... we should put that up on Instagram and you should guess what it's for <laughs> rather than us telling you. Because I could, is it for like it's if like you've a, got a weapon? So it's a, a scratchy handle. nose when you're 
Back scratcher. Yes. It does look a bit like a back scratcher. So it's a handle for those listening, not watching. A handle that looks like and a little stem that looks like it's going to be a trowel or something, but there yes. isn't a trowel then on the end. the end decides it doesn't want to be. There's like an inverted <laughs> arrow with two very sharp prongs on the end of it. Um, can you guess what it is? Well, I think I know what it is, although okay. I will say that I'm still fondling your ruler and I've just noticed there's a pin sticking out of it. Oh dear, um, when I say noticed, I mean my thumb noticed it. Ow. <laughs> um, is it for weeds? It's a dandelion puller. Specifically for dandelions? Specifically is for dandelions. Is that why it's so long, to get yeah. the really established ones? And it was given to me wow. in one of those kind of Christmas presents, what do you buy a gardener, yes. buy them a I gadget know, kind do. of way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and at the time I was like, thank you. Why would I ever? And actually, also, I did object to gadgets that are for one thing. Yeah, alone. yeah, me it's too. It's annoying. Me too. But by golly, this is brilliant because the problem with dandelions, if you have them in your lawn, you will know, is that they've got a, re a single, very yeah. long taproot. And if you don't get the whole mm -hmm. of that taproot out, even if you do just a yep. little speck in the bottom, it will regrow from that little yep. speck. So this is great because you can get really far down, it's maybe 10 inches deep, and then you can kind of hook it with these sharp um, prongs yeah, at the yeah, end yeah. and hoik the whole bloody thing out. Wow, hoik the whole bloody thing out. That's another phrase hold that should it. go on a bag. <laughs> hold it to the sky and go, yeah. ah, I've got you, you bastard. <laughs> Which is often what I do when I'm gardening, particularly with dandelions. It's also actually quite good for bindweed as well, which is similar in that you need to like yeah, burrow yeah, along yeah. to the it to the root and and get it out. So gosh, yeah. okay, great, that's really cool. Well, also well, I think it looks threatening as well. On the, I'm going to give you a ruler back because mm. I'll steal it because that is utterly glorious. This is yep. the sort of thing I would like on my desk. I've got a similar thing to your teaspoon. It's a pen. It's a yellow pen specifically. The okay. yellow's important. Okay. So, um, it's a yellow marker pen. Yes, yellow mm -hmm. marker pens are pointless because they don't write on anything that you can see. This is true. Right? Um, they're used by children for colouring in sunshines who, even as a child, realise that I probably need to put orange on that because you can't really see it. Right? Mm -hmm. So, yet still, these people, Sharpie, if you're listening, insist on making yellow pens right? that are yeah. so light you can't see on a dark colour that you put it on. But what they are brilliant for is divvying. <laughs> so I, use, I take all the yellow pens because they're rubbish and no one ever uses them uh, and when I buy a pack of them and they go straight in the shed and I use them for poking in the ground and putting my seeds in and then of course like your ruler you can measure because I think you'll find they are almost exactly six inches yes so you can go dib line dib line dib and super clever you can of course it comes in two so you can dib line dib line Dib. So, so you can taste it, yes. I mean... It's the only use for a yellow pen. Tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me. Write in. <laughs> Tell me if there's another use for a yellow pen. Tell me. There'll be letters. It's only also the perfect rubbers. width for a little dibber mm -hmm. hole to it's put great, your seedling in. And again, it sort of comes back to the point we were having earlier, that I saw a dibber. What, what made me think of it is I saw a dibber. I love a gadget. I, lo I love cute stuff that makes yeah. jobs easier, but I hate a gadget for the sake of gadget. Yes. And I saw a wooden dibber, beautiful oak turned dibber, mm. 20 pounds, which is basically a wooden finger. Because that's what a <laughs> finger does, right? So I thought, that's nuts. 20 quid to put a hole in some soil. And then I thought, ooh, those are those pens I were going to throw out because I was annoyed by pen manufacturers. <laughs> and I thought, don't be annoyed with them, Jez. Pacify. 
When I, uh, this is so true. And I always find that the best garden gadgets are the simplest ones. When I yes. worked in the kitchen garden at Dalesford, we were allowed no other implements apart from a very cheap supermarket kitchen knife, like a little stubby right. paring knife that yeah. was about four inches. And you could do everything right. you needed yeah. with that at close quarters anyway. Yes. You could weed with it, you could make a dibber hole with yeah. it, you could cut things off with it, yes. you could... And it was the only thing you were allowed. You also weren't allowed gloves. I was told I was allowed gloves, but I would be laughed at. Oh, wow. Because okay. like this was proper gardening. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's completely true. You don't need as much stuff no, as we don't. imagine. No. Talking of that and, and the, the way that we get involved with stuff like that. Mm. Let just throw the pen down. Like Sorry. Um, what, <laughs> I wrote down. So we said we would discover the best and the worst. But actually, I think the worst are the things that <clears throat> um, if you think that it's going to solve all of your problems, in my experience, absolutely don't buy it, right? And if you look at it and think, you know, if it's money that you haven't got or money that you're about to spend, first look at it and think, what does it look like? Mm -hmm. I.e., oh, it looks like a pen. Well, then use a pen, right? Go find a cheaper version of that thing that will do the same thing. I think that's my top tip for gardening. Um, but it's the same in the kitchen as well, right? So one of the things I love about cooking is all the gadgets. And it's so hard to decide where to start and where to stop with gadgets. So, Kathy, essential gadgets for the kitchen, please. Okay, essential. this is my single, apart from a good knife, which I think goes without saying. Oh, gosh, that's a whole episode on its own, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Shout out for a brand of a good knife, or does it really not matter? It really doesn't matter, just sharp, right. honestly. Really? There's so much shit talked about knives. Really? And chefs get, so, honestly, I've worked in restaurants where, like, everyone brings their own knife yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. very particular about how it gets washed and they sharpen it every 30 seconds. And it's it's fetishised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and I've worked in other kitchens where there are supermarket knives yeah. and as long as they're kept sharp, everyone's yeah. happy and, yeah, yeah. and they work just as well. Yeah. Don't even start me on knives. Okay. This is what you need in your kitchen. That looks painful. The <laughs> you do like things that are dangerous to run with. I do, yeah. <laughs> Do not run with it. This is a, a temperature probe, a thermometer. Oh, um, sounds boring. And it will change your life. Specifically, it's a digital one. <laughs> Dramatic and it's, statement. It's got a digital display on the handle. Yeah. And then the end is on a, a hinge. Yeah. So you open it and that's the probe that you can okay. stick in your middle of your turkey. Anything. Anything. Hot, cold. Hot, yeah. You can, sweet, savoury, yeah. meat, custard. Dunk it in your okay. steak, um, in, in the centre of your steak. Or the nice thing about it being on an angle yeah, is that you yeah. can put it in something hot, like oh. jam, without having to hold your yeah, hand yeah, yeah. over the top of spluttering jam. Yes. Um, and and it, it's got this, it's completely covered in this like cellophane, um, in the uh, silicone, silicone boot. Yeah, so that it's... White, heat, clean it's and protected. Exactly, completely protected. Because obviously you can't dunk the whole thing in water yeah. to wash it. Yeah. Um, and it will change everything. So all that worry about whether the Sunday roast is cooked or if the turkey's overcooked or if the jam's reached setting point or not and all that old-fashioned, which I do love, that, like, putting it with jam to know whether it's set, putting it on a yes. fridge-cold plate and seeing if it crinkles. Well, it yeah. crinkles, but is that crinkling enough or is it, like, uh -huh, uh -huh. taken away? Because yeah. if you know what temperature it needs to be, which you can just look up, but you'll learn after That's a while. Really interesting. I would never have thought you'd have pulled that out. It's the single most huh. takes all the anxiety away. I have this is my travel one, 
which wow. is why I've brought it with me. I have one at home that I keep at home. Is it a home. bigger one, the one at home? No, it just doesn't have the protective okay. um, silicon on it. And then I never go anywhere without this. It's in really? my handbag. Yeah. So if you're cooking or if you're on holiday... And it's you in your know, handbag? Yeah. You have a thermometer in your handbag? Yeah. We don't have long enough in this episode for the many questions <laughs> that are suddenly going to come forward, not only from me, but from viewers it's and listeners. Specifically, I think it's important for people listening that it's a temperature probe, not a thermometer. What's the difference? Well, I can stick this in the middle of something. Yes. And it will tell me the temperature of the middle of it, rather of something solid, which you obviously can't do with a thermometer because it will only... I can't get it I mean, it I think we're splitting hairs, aren't oh, we? No. They're the same thing. That it, Why do you need it in your handbag? Are you that distrusting when you go out to eat? <laughs> no, because, I mean, if, I t if I'm at a holiday cottage or something for the weekend, then ovens are unpredictable. I've got this really nice piece of meat from a lovely soup. Or I'm oh, okay. barbecuing. Or, yeah, yeah. And right. it's the way you know that things are perfectly rare. I do rare. like the compactness and size of it. I bought one for the barbecue, and it's just a faff, like the probe plugs into this sort of palm-sized thing, but it's got its own cable, and it's all just a bit... That's lovely. like that very much. Shall I show you my... Um, yes, my, quickly. We haven't got uh, long left. This is going to be another overrun one. It I like is, it when we it? get into them. This is my worst gadget. I was given it. Again? <laughs> extremely sharp. It's a, it's a coil. <laughs> Only child that dissected dolls. Yeah. Right. It's a coil with a sharp end, and it's maybe what three inches, four inches it long, and it's got like a little a hand pull handle. Misshapen corkscrew. It's allegedly a turkey coil. So hey? yeah, For I know. What? Turkeys, Jez. But what do you? Why well, do you coil a turkey? So the idea is that you stuff your turkey. Never heard of this. And then those ends. No, it's pointless. Oh. Those flappy ends that are left. <laughs> Missed out. Once you've stuffed your turkey, oh, yeah. you take the pointy end of the coil and you pierce the skin. Yes. And you kind and you keep turning it and right. turning it, and it sort of sews the turkey right. end up, and that's your. And so that your stuffing doesn't fall out. Right. Now, where to begin with how pointless this is? Right. <laughs> because on the one hand, I don't think you should be stuffing turkeys until they're full anyway, because it buggers up the way they cook. Okay. But that's for another episode. All right, fine. Two, even if your stuffing's in there, unless you've made really bad stuffing, yes. it's not going to fall it's out. Not you come don't need out. to no. sew your turkey up. Maybe if the turkey's still alive and it jumps around in the oven, it would come out. It's going to have some issues about that. But, yes. And three, <laughs> it's not very good. It doesn't work for right. what it says it's going to do. So it's not, um, it's not sharp Did enough. Did you buy it? No, I was given it. It was one of those stocking... What an odd thing to things. buy somebody. Yeah. You Fortunately, think... I can't remember who it was. I'm sorry if it was you. I mean, I thank it you. It's really but... fortunate because I would be thinking, can we just let, let's just assess the fact that you, when you thought that of me, you thought of a turkey's ass. Mm. I mean, also, thank God it had a label on it because if you yeah. just took that out of your stocking, like what on earth? Do you know what it, it could be good for? Oh, an apple. Twist it into an apple and hang it up outside for the birds. Genius. Right? Or a fat ball. Yeah. Which reminds... Can you not, like, do that with it at people? It's not a very nice thing Sorry. to do. Yes, and I'm also don't trust that you. it won't, like, land at me. <laughs> Face is all I've got. That's true. That's true. Um, we've got a bird a question about feeding birds. 
Have we got time? Oh, yes, we haven't got time, but it sounds like we're going to do it. Should we do it anyway? Yes, we don't have to do it's it. It's an extra long episode this week. Sorry, um, folks. Yes. We've got a question um, from Beth, who uh, yes, sent this. us a picture of her garden yep. um, because she wanted us to solve this problem for her. Yes. And it reminded me you're talking about apples yeah. on hooks. Yeah. Um, so she put some bird feeders out in yep. her little courtyard garden she did? in yep. the middle of London. And she has been visited... By nobody. Zero birds. A and pigeon a looked year, at them once. I think she said. Yeah. And so why? Why might this be? Well, I had two thoughts. The yeah. first one was what you're feeding at the time of the year. So if, for example, when birds are desperate for high fat content um, uh, sources of food to uh, keep them warm during the winter, they're yeah. absolutely not going to be bothered by seeds. So don't put seeds out in November and December and January. You need high fat content, fat balls, peanuts. Those are the things that are going really? to eat and digest I to keep I didn't warm. know that. Okay. In the summer, they don't need that because they don't need to put any fat on. They don't need to be kept warm. They just need nutrients to feed their young, right? So high protein things like seeds. The second thing, so that was my first thing. Then when you said, oh, can you send us a picture? My immediate thought was there's not much coverage, not much safety. So you're in a city, lots of cats, lots of foxes, lots of predators. What birds need is safety. And uh, those bird feeders, as lovely as that, and I'm such a fan of a courtyard garden. Mm, like, let me tell you, I inherited this garden here that's half acre, gorgeous, big, lovely. I didn't want it. It's ungrateful, I know. But having come from the farm and done all that, I just, I'm desperate for a courtyard garden. Mm. I want a lovely small garden. I can put pots and anyway. So I was like, oh, courtyard garden. But there's not really anywhere to protect the birds, not even to land safely. And particularly within such a small space, yeah. there's no get out of jail free card quickly. They can't escape quick. Because the bird feeders are attached to a wall, aren't yes. they? Rather than like yeah. nestled in yeah, a tree. Yeah. So if would... you were to put some bamboo or some other sort of or creeping plants around, like, you know, climbers um, and the, the um, bird feeders mm-hmm. uh, around there, that would be good. Um, and then the third thing Excellent. I thought of was the uh, aspect, because if they are north facing, for example, then the seeds or whatever you put in it is going to rot and go mouldy and gross a lot quicker. Huh. Um, and, and on that point, if you find that you put, this is why when you first put bird seed or bird feed out, just put a little bit in there, enough so that they can peck it out, but don't fill it up because... It needs to be fresh. No bird is going to come in like with nine-month-old bird seed that you've put up there on a whim nine months ago and, it, yeah. you know, and they've lost it. It does take time. I remember at the farm when we first moved in, there, w- there was no wildlife at that farm because it was just grass everywhere. And it was only in that sort of first spring when I'd started to create gardens and structures and places for them to hide and be and stuff that we yeah. put bird seed. And by the time we left, we had... 32 different species of birds feeding in, in the garden. That's amazing. So you can yeah. turn it round. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, what a nice note to end Hope on. that helps. Thank you for your question, Beth. Thank you. And thanks for bringing in your turkey stuffing bird feeder. You're welcome. I'm going to turn it into a bird feeder now. I think that's a much better use for it. Yeah, thanks. I think so. Pleasure. See you next week. Mm-hmm.